Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We're still finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Isaac. And I'm Chloe. And in this episode, we're talking about chapter 21 of the novel, Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. Um, why did you want to meet so late, Isaac? Well, just because I was working today and then I had to have dinner. And Ross, my husband, he was working from home and he's only just finished working. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if our pitiful Wi-Fi connection could cope with (laughs) him working from home and me making this call. Also, the little bratty dog child, (laughs) we couldn't trust him alone, which he's been getting better. So it's like maybe I could have left him out of his crate. But then literally five minutes ago, as I was getting ready to record this... Um, He proved that that's not the case. (laughs) He cannot be trusted. Because I went to pee and thought, you don't need to be locked in your bed when I'm going to just go pee. I'll be back in like a minute. And I come back and he's got in his mouth my mobile phone, which I am using to video call you now, which has all of my notes for the plot of this chapter. (laughs) And also is my mobile phone. Yeah. And I'm a millennial and it's 2020. Yeah. Like that's like my, you know. I love that that's you like my still demon. have to say mobile phone as if you have a house phone. Not to be confused with the house phone. Not to be confused with yeah. the landline, which exactly. does not exist. No, yeah. no it was a, a cellular phone. Mm. Oh, I got it back. It's undamaged. It's just um, a bit damaged. Uh. Yeah, and like it's such a performance. We had to chuck treats across the room and he'll like dart out and grab the treat and then run back to his booty, his loot. <laughs> and I, I like, I know this is bad, but I haven't insured it. Does anyone insure mobile phones? I don't phones? insure it, no. No. And now that we've said this and put it out into the world, bad things will oh, happen no. to our phones. Mine's really new as well. Mine's quite yeah, new. Yeah, we got new phones this year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the phone is safe. The dog is safe. We're all happy. He's downstairs. <laughs> you sound so happy. <laughs> but yes, terribly sorry. It's so late in the evening. It's fine. I've been watching a lot of Catfish, and the show. What's that doing for you? I mean, it's shit, but it's very addictive. Is it still the guy from the documentary yes. doing the TV show? Yeah. Is it still being made? Yes. I mean, obviously not now, because Rona. Yeah, but the new season is out now, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's where we're at. Okay, here we go. Life and Death, Chapter 21, Phone Call. They had a phone call. The end! <laughs> <laughs> it is Wednesday, the 23rd of March, 2005. It's just after 2am, and Beau wakes on the sofa to find that Archie has had another vision and is drawing a detailed sketch of the room with the TV and VCR. Beau recognises it as his mother's living room. Archie immediately calls Edith and they make a new plan. Edith, Corrine and Eleanor are coming to take Beau somewhere safe. Archie and Jessamine will stay close to Renee until she's safe. When Jessamine attempts to magically sedate Beau, he storms into the bedroom and slams the door, staying in there for almost four hours in a panic. 
When he returns to the main room, Archie informs him that Edith is on her way. When Archie's phone rings, Bo yanks it from him and hears his panicked mum calling his name. Joss is suddenly on the phone, instructing Bo to escape from Archie and Jessamine and go to his mother's house for further instructions. If Bo doesn't follow her instructions, Joss will kill his mother. Bo agrees to do what Joss says and realises that he has to sacrifice himself in an attempt to save his mother's life. The chapter ends as Bo sees Archie having a new vision. The future has changed. Bum, bum, bum. Hello! Hey. Hi, I love you guys so much, but I'm recording my podcast and I can hear you guys in the recording. <laughs> Such a millennial. I love you guys so much, uh, but I'm recording my podcast because <laughs> I have a podcast. Do you know that I have a podcast? I have a platform, oh, I have an audience. <laughs> they expect things of me. And you're interfering with that. <laughs> okay, let's get into this. Yes. I remember when I first read this chapter back in Twilight, back in 2005 or 2006, whenever, being really scared of this chapter really got me. Which is good. Yeah, it doesn't anymore. Oh. Yeah. I think that's just because you're overexposed, you're desensitised to it. I still think that it plays the part that it needs to play in the overall story. And the length of the chapter is a part of that. Keeping this chapter really short keeps the pace up. I've been saying since the baseball game, the pace has been excellent and it has kept me interested, pretty much interested. <laughs> Even with last chapter, it slowed a little, we got backstory filled in, but it didn't interrupt. And I suppose this is like pressing down more on the accelerator because we took the foot off the pedal last chapter a little bit. So overall feelings, good, good. We like a short chapter. So my first note about the magical sedation yes interesting it gets stronger with physical connection yeah just want jessamine to touch me to be honest i mean i would like it but what's interesting in this context is that Bo does not want it because he has things that he wants to be focusing on and he knows what she's doing and is able to fight against it probably a hint towards his power as a shield okay yeah but also just got me to thinking about his being roofied kind of like maybe that's like not okay to say yeah you're right you are right again it comes down to consent and yeah i still want jessamine to touch me well yeah but that's fine because you're inviting it that's true i also would like her to touch me and send me to oblivion <laughs> oh God, how nice would it be being her partner and just you know when you can't sleep yeah. oh yeah and she can just touch she you would be great during this pandemic my eyes would look a lot healthier right now if <laughs> your eyes don't look healthy i don't feel like my under eyes look healthy oh the bags that are under <laughs> the luggage Anyway, and this experience means that Bo goes and sits alone in the bedroom. For four hours. That's a... That's intense. It's intense to be alone with yourself, especially Bo, for four hours with your fists clenched. True. Staring at the white wall. But also, this is definitely the kind of thing I could have done at 17. I mean, didn't we all just spend all of our time in our bedrooms just thinking about stuff? <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do? Do you remember me and you would always lie on your floor? I mean, there's a photo of us oh, somewhere. I loved lying on a floor. Adults don't lie on the floor enough. Yeah. And the only hope I had left was knowing I would see Edith again. Bo says, thinking of Edith, things were always clearer when they are together. And I just thought, liar! That's not true! Things are so cloudy and foggy when they are together. I mean, he's dating a vampire. His life was easy before she came along. Yeah. When are things 
things clearer? When do they make clear decisions together? Never. Not once. No. Also, you've got to remember that they've only been together maybe a month. Jesus Christ. It's just crazy. It's like the beginning of Frozen when Anna's falling in love with Hans. Yeah. So then the phone call happens, doesn't it? Yes. And he yanks the phone from Archie's hand. Again. The second time he's yes. yanked. Yes. He's such a yanker. Yanking <laughs> twice in two chapters. Yank once. Shame on me. Yank twice. Shame <laughs> on you, Bo. I think it goes the other way around. Oh, no. Yank me twice. Shame on me. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Let's move on. And it's Joss. Yeah. Well, first it's Renee screaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh! That's how she sounds. <laughs> and then Joss comes on the phone. And what's her voice described as? It is uh, an alto voice. It's very pleasant. And it's generic. Generic. The thing that bothered me is pleasant, it's generic, and then it could be the background of a luxury car commercial. What? I know. I thought, like, car commercials, like, you buy one, you get one free, come down now, sort of thing. What? No, only if you're Matilda's dad. Are they not all like that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember Uma Thurman voicing a car commercial. I don't know which one. Oh, that kind of luxury car commercial. Really showing the differences in classic. I'm thinking, like, four-wheel drive. We're driving through the mountains and the leaves are flowing around your car. Are the leaves your car? Are you the leaves? (laughs) I had to check, but James in Twilight described the exact same way. Oh. Yeah. Luxury car commercial. I have a question. So, Bo asks, where's Phil? Did Bella even ask? Because <laughs> I remember reading it going, hang on. Because I don't think any of us asked this question. <laughs> Why would we? <laughs> well, no one cares no, where Phil is. But it's legitimately a good question. Let's have a look. Oh, yes. No, she does. Yeah. She does. Where's Phil? I hissed, is what Bo says. But with Bella, it's, where's Phil? I asked, tersely. <laughs> I love it when Bella gets terse. I suppose maybe he assumes that Phil is just dead. Like, Joss knows that Phil is not important to Bo. Kill the spare. If a vampire was ringing me and said that they had my mum hostage, A, I would not ask about my stepdad, and B, I would think, oh, well, he's long gone. As in dead, or as in he ran off as soon as there was trouble? Because remember, we are talking about your stepdad. (laughs) (laughs) The shade! So they have this chat. Yeah, very upsetting, obviously. Your mum is being held hostage. You are going to have to sacrifice yourself to save her. But he still does not cry. Oh, see, that's not what I had a problem with. God, I'm just so used to men just having no emotions. But what I have a problem with, and I had this with Bella, is that they're just so fine with the decision that they must go to their impending death. It's very quick. Hey, it's quick, but I wouldn't like it any other way. You know what I had at the end of this, reading this chapter? I was like, just fucking tell Archie and Jessamine. That's what I would do. Honestly, I'd be like, look, I've just had a phone call. It's Josh. She's got my mum. What are we going to do? Because the thing is, I don't want to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Chloe, this is very logical. Like, you're 100% right. And my advice to anyone listening who finds themselves in this situation would be to tell your vampire protectors that you don't want to go and be with the psychotic, murderous vampire by yourself. They could probably help you. Also, I know my mum would be like, save yourself. And and, and this situation, I think I probably would have to. (laughs) (laughs) 
do agree, because I also think, how does Joss know if he's told them or not? Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, we are much older <laughs> than Bo. No, I'm telling you right now, we even at 17. No, at 17, I'd be like, look, guys, this phone call just happened. <laughs> Can you go save my mum, please? <laughs> this boils down to, we were the classic adventure-avoiding kids True. who always told a responsible <laughs> adult when something was going wrong. <laughs> I mean, just imagine the narrative where that happens. He has that phone call. He steps out of the it room. It would be so much better. No, it wouldn't. The yes, story would... literally stops. No. The next chapter would be, and so they went and found Joss. No, because they still need Bo. They would need Bo to go to the house to ring Joss again. They would need to devise oh, a new I see. plan. You would make him bait. Yeah. But with the help of the others and do like an ambush. I see, I see, I see. Okay, yeah, you know, I I buy it. Yeah. So he's all tortured with this knowledge that he has to kill himself in order to save his mother. Uh, And just before he goes out, he takes a moment to just really sit in his feelings. And he says, I burned in it for a minute. Let it break me. And then I had to pull my shell together to go and face Archie. And here's where we get interesting. In this little moment where he starts to maybe plan how he could get away from Archie and Jessamine, Bo realises that he can't plan anything. He has to remain undecided. Yeah, so Archie can't see. Because as soon as he makes a plan, Archie will see it. And this is a plot hole from Twilight being fixed. Because in Twilight, Bella was thinking about the layout of the airport, about how she knows her surroundings. We get none of that here because Bo is trying to avoid Archie's supernatural sight. Clever. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Also, Archie having a little fit over on the corner because he's having some sort of vision. Exactly. And we don't know what. No. Well, we think, I think it's Bo dying. We think so. But we don't know because we're in Bo's perspective. Because that's what I was going to say. So when I was writing my plot, I wrote for the last bit, Bo walks back in on Archie having the vision of Bo being killed. And then I realised we don't know that that's what Archie's vision is. Archie could know exactly what's going down. And we're just going to have to wait and see. Because now what's exciting about this bit, and genuinely I'm excited, is here's where we start to seriously differ from Twilight in a way that we haven't before. This chapter ends with the moment of him going out and Archie having this vision. It gets into like that horror space that I love when she does with vampires because they're supposed to be scary. The description is his head twisted, his eyes locked on mine, their expression still blank. This is not where chapter 21 phone call ends in Twilight. This moment of going out into the main room and having the clairvoyant have a vision actually takes place in chapter 22, hide and seek in Twilight. And in... Chapter 21 phone call, Bella stops and has to do something else in private first and she writes her note to Edward. There are some major events that have been twisted around here. The chapter has ended much earlier. There's an extra page and a half in Twilight that just flicking the page over and not reading anything but peeking, I see a font. (laughs) So we're going to be getting Bo's note in the next chapter, chapter 22. Maybe we'll talk more about this then, but straight away, because I'm doing a side-by-side comparison as I'm reading, I was shocked when the chapter ended here. It's a cliffhanger and I like it. 
So, Chloe, what is your least favourite bit? Uh, just tell Arch and Jasmine. Just tell them. Oh, really? That's your... Oh, no. See, it keeps the story going. I'm fine with it. Nah. What keeps this engaging is keeping our protagonist in the shit. We want him to be struggling. But I still think it would be engaging and he would be struggling. I think it would take pressure off him. What's your favourite bit? I like Joss as a villain. Cool. It was cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's so unenthusiastic. I mean, this chapter was... You didn't like it. I love that it was short. Love it. (laughs) But that's it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you said there was a lot that happens. I don't think there was. You know, it's called phone call. We get a phone call. And now I'm like, okay, let's just go on with it then, shall we? Also, can you imagine if Bo hadn't made the decision to take the call with his mum into the other room? I suppose that's really just lucky for Joss because the vampires would be able to hear. Absolutely, yeah. They can hear a phone. Yeah. To be honest, they should be able to hear it from the other room, I think. Mm, I think so too. Like, it's not going to be this because it would be too good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm wondering whether in this version, Archie and Jessamine know what Ooh. Bo is planning. And they want him to die! <laughs> Yes! <laughs> or that actually there's no threat, no murder involved, and actually they just set this whole thing up with Joss because it's going to be a big orgy. Or oh. <laughs> ah. <All> that! Eh? <laughs> what is your best bit and worst bit? My best bit is the changes made for Archie's vision and Archie's power. My least favourite bit is no crying again. There's really not that much I didn't like about this chapter, but once again, Bo has not cried. And this is a very stressful situation, and he has been in many very stressful situations in this book and hasn't cried, and I'm just wondering, what does it take? What do I have to do to make Bo cry? Well, maybe that's why Joss is here. Because she just wants to see him cry? He just wants to see him cry. Like, the, if he were to cry, I think she would leave everybody alone. Like, she was like, okay, if I take his mum, surely... If I were a vampire whose like calling was to be a what she called a tracker, <laughs> a tracker then i think that's what it would be it's like it's not about killing you yeah i just find really emotionally closed off people <laughs> and i do not stop or rest until i've seen them cry <laughs> i just find people who just really need that like um, like they are emotionally constipated and i'm just here to uh, be their waterworks laxative. Bo is emotionally constipated. That's genius. Imagine the scene in the Jeep where Edith's like, Bo, you don't understand. He's a laxative. (laughs) He won't stop. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. It might burn. Kind of something we've maybe already covered a little bit. But are Jessamine's powers ethical? Oh, right. We've been here before, I think, with Edith. She can't help the fact that she reads the minds, but is it right for her to be sharing the information? Jessamine can't help that she can feel the emotions in a room. Yeah. But the way that she weaponizes that. Exactly. And also, we've discussed this when the vampires were getting Bo ready to leave Forks. They were just picking him up, throwing him down, you know. And basically, like, with Jessamine sedating him when necessary. Basically put him to sleep for the whole journey to get to Phoenix. Or emotionally numbing him, anyway. Yeah. I imagine it being very comforting. It's funny, because reading this, I'm equal parts going like, whoa, that doesn't seem cool. And also going, I would really like that. I can see how comforting it could be to be around someone like that, but then potentially addictive. Very true. But I also think there needs to be a conversation. 
Like, there needs to be, hey, I can feel that you're stressed. Would you mind me making you not feel stressed? Because there's a moment, I think, earlier on for both Bella and Bo where they say that they know the effects that Jasmine or Jasper are having and that it's easing them now, but they know when he goes, it will return. So you know it's only a short-lived experience, a quick fix. Exactly, unless you stay with Jessamine. God, that makes her a really interesting character. Like, I could really see her in another life gaining, like, a following of people who are addicted to her influence. She could be a good cult leader. Because she could make people feel a certain way about her, but also people who... God, this is awful, but people who have maybe experienced trauma or who struggle with anxiety. She's, like, a medication. She's an anti-anxiety, basically. Anyway, um, are we coming down on no? Like, I feel like we had already been having this discussion. Yeah, I feel like it's not ethical. And again, there needs to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a cool power. It's really cool. And it would be even cooler if you said, hey, can I help this for, you know, a short amount of time? You're spiralling. Bo, you're on the floor. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> would it be helpful for me to just maybe shut you down? <laughs> Turn it off and back on again. Thank you for joining us for chapter 21 of Life and Death. Join us next week for chapter 22, Hide and Seek. You can find us on social media by searching at ForksCast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, take care. And remember, yank me once, shame on you. Yank me twice, shame on me.